I want to take a minute to tell you about Federal Access. Federal Access is our coaching and training platform that we develop for government contractors. The resources in Federal Access have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. When you become a member, you're going to get access to hundreds of documents, templates, training videos, on-demand webinars, and you get SME support from me. So if you have a question, you can email me directly anytime. Here's a special offer for Game Changers listeners. Visit federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers today and get started for just $29. That's federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers to get started for just $29. Now let's get into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Game Changers for Government Contractors. Thanks for tuning in today. We are going to be talking about a subject that a lot of people actually don't like to talk about very much, and that is financial management of your government contracting business. I'm going to ask you several questions today. As I go through these, you probably want to make some notes whether you know the answer to those questions or you don't. And sometimes you may say, well, hey, I don't even know how to get the answer to that. So that's something to review with your team, or you can reach out to us and we can help you with that a little bit. We actually know several people that do a lot of financial management type of things. So if you run into an issue, just let me know and I'll direct you to the right person on the team. Let's dive in here. I've put together a handful of questions that I want to ask you today about managing the financial side of your business because there are so many opportunities to save yourself money, to increase cash flow, to increase your profitability by just managing the money you make better? Here's a handful of questions. By the way, these are all numbers that should roll up into what I would consider your financial KPI dashboard. These are things that you just need to know. Some you need to know on a daily, weekly basis. Some you need to know on a monthly or quarterly basis. Some it's more of an annual thing, but these are things that you need to know on an ongoing basis. So number one is, do you know your monthly break even? That's the first one. A lot of people don't know what it takes to get out of bed in the morning. So there's a number that regardless of what you do today, that's the minimum number that has to be met in this business in order to break even. Think about it this way. There's amount of money you're spending and that number is what it takes that your expenditures, you need to be able to bring in enough revenue to meet that so that at a minimum you're breaking even and it's not costing you money to be in business. So what is that number for your business? That's the first part of the question. The next part of that question is, are you covering it? Are you actually covering your break even? You want to make sure you're doing that on a monthly basis. Everything that's going out is being covered by something that's coming in. The next thing is, do you have a cash flow forecast? If you know what it costs on a monthly basis, your break even, in order to run the business, you have a cash flow forecast on how that is being paid and things like that. So a lot of times we can say, oh, well, we've got this contract and there's plenty of money coming in, but why? 
why are we always late on our bills or why is this, why is that? And it's because you're at a point in your business where you need a cash flow forecast. You need to know when that money is coming in so you can manage it better. I just ask people, especially when you're early on, money's tight, let's put together a cash flow forecast so that we always know how much money is coming in and when in order to match up with all of those expenses that you have going on. The next one is, are you tracking your AR or accounts receivable? Now, believe it or not, I have sat down with companies and said, so tell me about your financial situation. And they're like, well, Mike, it's really bad, but I don't understand why it's bad because I know we're bringing in all this money. And when we sit down, I say, well, you have contracts that far and exceed your monthly break even, but you're not collecting on them. You've got a problem here where you're only invoicing once a month when you should be invoicing once a week or twice a week or whatever when the job is done. And now you're only invoicing once a month. And so you're stretching that cash out. And what you've done with your accounts receivable here is you're you're not tracking it properly. So you don't even know what people owe you. You think the money's coming in, but in actuality, some of this money is 30, 60, 90, 120 days out. And you're not tracking that. So you have no clue what's going on that flows into your cash flow forecast. And it's just creating a lot of problems. I've actually sat with people before where I said, hey, show me your accounts receivable. And they say, well, it's um, it's in my head. <laughs> and you're like, oh boy, this is going to be a long day. My record right now is I have a client that when I sat down and said, let's walk through your AR, it was in his head, $1.2 million of accounts receivable for probably about 35 clients that he had. How in the world are you tracking this? And he's like, I'm not clearly because a lot of it's over 200 days old and I'm not collecting this money. Like, well, that's why you're broke right now. So tracking your accounts receivable and having a system for that is really, really important. The next one is, do you have and follow a spending budget? There's a lot of people that, hey, they'll say, we need a new copier. We need a new camera. We need a new desk lamp. You know what? I'm tired of this computer. I'm going to get a new one. And they just buy it and they don't have a spending budget. Again, when you are starting off in business, things are tight. You need to manage that and have a spending budget and control your spending. So how much are you allocating to marketing? How much are you allocating to employee payroll? How much are you allocating for taxes and this and that for new computers? And we do a new computer every three years, five years, whatever it is. Do you have a spending budget? The next one is, and this one's going to seem super simple, but I see this happen all the time. Are your bills paid on time? If you are running late on all of your bills, you're probably racking up fees, interest, all kind of different things. If you're not paying your Amex card off every single month, that's one where you're accumulating a ton of interest, you know, things like that. Are your bills paid on time? Do you have a simple system to just make sure your bills are paid on time? Now, this next one, number six, goes with that. Are you actually reviewing your bills? I can't tell you how often I'll sit down with somebody and say, well, you told me that your phone bill was $200 a month, but when you sent me over a copy of like your last three months in QuickBooks, all of your AT&T bills are like $500. What's the deal with that? And so they're like, oh, you know, I, I don't know. Let's look at it. And they look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And we look at the bills and we realize that you're being charged extra for stuff, maybe for phone lines or data that you don't need or whatever it may be for insurance plans, for phones you don't even have. You know, there's all kind of things that could be racked up on a simple phone bill. Now run that over all of the bills you have. Are you actually looking to make sure you're being charged what you're supposed to be charged and that there's not extra 
extra things. And again, like if I go back to the phone bill for a moment, do I need five lines right now? Or maybe we only need two. And if we scaled that down to two, that would save us how much? Different things like that. Another one is utilities. I see this all the time. I look at a utility bill and I'm like, what are you guys doing over there? Are you running 24 <laughs> Like what's going on in your building to have such a high utility bill? And they're like, I don't know. And then they go over and they realize every light in the building is on 24 seven. They're running refrigerators from 1975 in there. Maybe they have a washer and dryer. I'm not kidding. I've seen this happen. They have a washer and dryer and somebody's doing their laundry there, you know, and just running up the utilities and stuff like that. Review your bills to make sure they're not outrageous, to make sure they line up with your budget. It's a really simple thing to do. Here's another one. Number seven here is your payroll systemized. I can't tell you how often I'll sit with a client. And I'm like, why are you writing checks? What are you doing? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we still handwrite checks. I'm like, well, how many employees do you have? Oh, we had about 35, 40 employees. Do you know how much time that takes? That's taking a huge amount of time. So even if it doesn't save you cash and maybe it costs you a little bit to automate your payroll, now that person that's spending nine hours handwriting checks and balancing all that and making sure the stuff gets paid, now that person is freed up to actually do their job instead of payroll. Payroll should take about five minutes to run. It shouldn't take that long to do it. And in addition to that, I'm going to talk a little bit later about some other things that can be automated on the back end along with your payroll. Let's keep going here. Number eight is, do you have any lines of credit or loans? If so, do you know what it costs to borrow money against those? Again, a lot of times people have loans, lines of credit, all these things, and they borrow money against it and they never look at that monthly interest rate and what that's racking up. You need to pay those things off every month if it's a line of credit. If it's a loan, you obviously have a loan amount, but can you make an extra payment, a half a payment, whatever it is to cut that interest rate? Can you make two payments in a month where you split it up? A lot of people don't realize you actually reduce the interest significantly. It's the same amount of money. So let's say your bill is $1,000. If you pay $500 on the 1st and $500 on the 15th, you're going to reduce the interest rate significantly on doing that. So there's just smart ways of doing this that make it easier for you financially. And that's another one where if you did that, it may not only help you reduce the interest rate, it may also help with your cash flow because you don't have the full $1,000 to go towards that. So there's some really creative things you can do in finance just like this. Do you know your margins on every product or service? So this is number nine. Do you know your profit margins on every product or service? I talk to a lot of people that have absolutely no clue. They know what their profit margin is, and I'm saying that in air quotes, on a deal, but they don't know on an ongoing basis. They're just not really sure of that. That's one of the things you should know what your profit margins are on everything across the board. Profit is where it's at, not revenue. So you need to know your profit margins. In addition to that, and kind of connected with that is number 10, have you worked with a pricing expert or did you just make up those numbers on your own? The reason I recommend working with a pricing expert is a lot of times when they run the data, they realize that you're pricing too low. Nine times out of 10, say that again, nine times out of 10, most people are priced too low. They're trying to be competitive and they want to make sure they win, but they're leaving all this margin on the table. I was working with a client the other day and he said to me, hey Mike, what is the average margin I should make on a services contract? For this company and what they're doing, I said, look, you should be making 20, 25% margin on what you're doing. His head just kind of hung down. And I was like, what's wrong? And he's like, we bid this last contract. 
at 7. All right, okay, well, let's get it up to at least 10 or 12 on this recompete, and let's focus on getting your margins up higher. And when they sat down with the pricing expert, the pricing expert was like, look, we can actually get it closer to 14 on this deal. And so I was like, look, you just went from 7 to 14% margin. What if you did that across the board on your contracts? What would that look like? So if you work with somebody who does this for a living, they can run a bunch of data in the background and they can make sure, we call it price to win, you're priced accordingly for the contract to make you competitive, but get the maximum profit. That's what you really want there. Number 11, do you regularly review expenses and attempt to drive them down? Like with the bills and other different things like that, whatever it may be, are you regularly reviewing those expenses and saying, hey, how are we going to get this cost down? Do you use suppliers and subs? This is number 12. If so, can you negotiate your pricing with them and possibly use an early payment discount or something like that? We had one client of ours or one sub of ours back in the day that every time we were working on a contract and we land something, before we would start work, they would always say, hey, if you would pay us up front, we would be willing to give you up to 25% off of our rates. I don't think that's a good business practice for them to give that much, maybe 5%, 10% on an invoice, but they were always doing that. We had the cash flow, so we were like, sure, we'll do it. And we had known them for a while. I wouldn't recommend the, on doing this with brand new suppliers or subs, but they would do things like that. And you can talk to your suppliers, that's the first place, and say, hey, can we get a discount if we pay up front for a quarter or six months or whatever it is? Or hey, if we buy this in bulk, could you store it at your warehouse and then just send it as needed to us? And now we're getting a bigger discount on these types of things. Have you sat down and looked at who your subs and suppliers are and said, hey, can we get two or 3%, 5% more from them by just asking the question? Now, here's the caveat to this. I never, ever want to hear a story where you're gouging your subs. Don't come back to me and say, hey, Mike, you're going to be so proud of me. We got our sub to take, you know, 25% off their pricing. I don't want to hear that. I want to make sure that our subs are getting paid well. In that previous example I gave you, they were offering it. It was out of my control at that time. You know, I was not the CEO of that company and our boss would take it. And I was like, man, how are we sleeping at night with them offering this? And they're like, hey, they offered it. So, you know, we took them up on it. I don't want you to do that. Don't do that. Five, 10% on something. And you multiply that by a bunch of different things. That's going to make you a lot of money. We want to make sure our subs are taken care of. On to the next one, your financial scorecards. This is number 13 here. Your P&L and your balance sheet are your financial scorecards. Do you review these regularly? Do you know what they mean? Can you read them? Can you make decisions based off of reading them? I recommend at a minimum, you pull these once a month. That's at a minimum. There's a lot of people that I talk to and say, hey, can you pull your P&L and balance sheet? And they're like, let me get back to you. Like you don't even know how to do it or you've got to go to an accountant to do it. I can pull a PL and balance sheet in 10 seconds because I can get right into my QuickBooks and do it. You should have access to be able to get these reports at a moment's notice, but you also need to learn how to read them. If you don't, there's a ton of videos on YouTube. Just Google that and you will find a lot of things, a lot of really useful information on reading and using the information in your PL and your balance sheet. The next one, number 14 here is, are your quarterly and annual filings and taxes systemized and 
and on time. So this ties back into one of the previous ones I said there about automating your payroll. My payroll is automated through QuickBooks. You know, that's just the way we chose to do it. And so it's automated through that. And because it's automated, my quarterly and annual filings are all taken care of. My taxes are always paid. I never get penalties for that. If you are in that scenario I talked about earlier where you're doing this all by hand, I guarantee you at least once, if not two or three times a year, you get penalized for those things being late. And guess what? If you're doing them by hand, how much time does it take to do it? That's the thing. It makes sense to spend more money in certain areas when you buy hours and hours of your time back. And automating payroll is by far one of the easiest ones. It's one of the most affordable ones to automate so that all of these things are done for your person who is doing this on your team. Because I guarantee there's somebody on your team, whether it's you or you know somebody in the customer cares department or whatever it is, there's somebody on your team who does payroll and taxes and all that kind of stuff. And this will save them somewhere in the neighborhood of, depending on how you do things, maybe 20 hours a month that they don't have to do this stuff. And that's in a small company of 30 or 40 people. So the bigger you are, the more important it is to have that stuff systemized. These are just a quick rundown of a lot of really basic financial management tools and questions that you can ask yourself. And I guarantee if you go through this list of 14 here and you just improve three or four this quarter and three or four next quarter, by the end of the year, you're going to see a drastic difference in your profitability. And remember what I said, profitability is where it's at, not revenue. As always, if you have questions about this episode, you know how to reach me. The best way is on LinkedIn. Just pop a question in there and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.